Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey guys, with home security, there's two ways you can go about protecting your home. There's the traditional way, where you wait weeks for a technician to do a messy installation. And I don't know why it's messy. Probably ejaculate. That is my guess. Anytime a service person comes to my house, I assume there's some ejaculate. He or she is a squirter. But it is messy regardless, Brennan. There's also the other way. It's simple. It's safe. It's simply safe. It's award-winning protection. Two-time winner of the CNET Editor's Choice Award. You get comprehensive protection for your entire home. Wow, this sounds like something that will really protect my precious moments figurines. It will, Brennan. And you've got an elaborate and uh, quite impressive... It's an extensive array of precious moments figurines. You've done wonderfully. You'll have an army of highly trained security experts ready to dispatch police to your home at any moment, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. I don't know if I want the law in here. (laughs) Brennan, if there's a break in you will, and guess what? This is the best part. It's only 50 cents a day, with no contracts. Go to simplysafe.com slash team today and you'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. You've got nothing to lose. That's simplysafe.com slash team. And get safe today. That's right. Slam. This bugs for you, Mizzou. Johnson, and he's gone. Touchdown, Missouri. It don't get no better than that, man. Tigers trying to turn up the tempo on second and five with a 40. Bryant with the time. The pass is and a touchdown. Hand off to Roundtree running left. It's 35 to the 40. Left sideline around the back. This is the Mazodcast. Howdy, Tiger fans, and welcome to the Mazodcast. I'm your host, Brennan Anthony. Joining me from a distant location somewhere below the earth in a quarantine is Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? And not with us today. Ignoring all advice of medical experts is Caleb Bungart, who is out on a lake somewhere trying to catch fish and not catch the coronavirus. Brennan, that's not true. Caleb is at the state capitol right now protesting his civil liberties being trampled on. Hmm, that does sound like Caleb. Doctors. <laughs> that does sound like Caleb. He is far more interested in his civil liberties than he is his own health. Yep. Hey, I, I appreciate Caleb's vigor. Well, somebody's got to fight the good fight. Caleb's known for two things. His uh, love of his civil liberties and his thick, downy layer of body hair. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, both are... Uh both impressive and frightening. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, we're uh, providing you the sports podcast because A, we haven't done one in a while, and B, I don't know if there is a B, Colin. I think we just, we... Uh, well, Coach Drink called us. He finally got back to us. That's right. We did get in touch with Coach Drink, and uh, we're going to try to get him on board with the podcast here like we did before, so that is a good reason to do it. I also think, like, Colin, we have a sort of an advantage right now as far as the podcasting world is concerned, and I, I don't know if you see where I'm going with this, but every other sports outlet which, unlike us, would provide you with, I don't know, information and insight and insider knowledge and, I don't know, just skill, is now forced to do what we do, which is talk shit about shit they don't know about, right? <laughs> but we've yeah, That's been, been our jam the whole time. We've been doing this for six years, talking bullshit about stuff we don't know. Six years. So we, yeah. this is our okay. moment to shine, right? Yeah. 
come at us, Skip Bayless. That's <laughs> uh, probably a bad example. That is a bad example. Skip Bayless talks shit constantly and has been doing it for 30 well, years. I'm, I'm glad that it gave Clay Travis a chance to talk about more politics <laughs> instead of sports because, boy, there's one thing I've, I've really hated about Clay, Clay Travis is how much uh, he hasn't been talking about politics, you know, because he definitely only talks about sports, and I, I really was really, really missing uh, I feel like everyone was missing an opportunity to know more about Clay Travis's politics. Yeah. Everybody knows how much politics makes everybody happy. <laughs> right. It brings us all together as a people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're all on the same page when you talk politics. Well, and, you know, we try to avoid it as best we can because, I mean, a lot of people who love Mizzou, like we do, do not share opinions about a great deal else. You know what I mean? Yeah, and so it's like right. We all love Mizzou, and then we equally hate other things. <laughs> Right. And we don't have the world's largest fan base anyway. So we, you know, I'm not really big hurry to piss off half of them. No, me neither. <laughs> Just to make the other half extra happy, I guess. I don't know. Any- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, let's, we, so, we, uh, we try Democratic to- socialist. Welcome. Yeah. Uh, if you're a, a pinko liberal nut job, welcome. If you're a right wing fascist moron, happy to have you. Yeah. Uh, Libertarian crazy person. Come on board. <laughs> yeah. If you're voting uh, strongly for the Bull Moose Party, glad you're tuning in. Massagecast is bringing people together. This is your home. Anyway, yeah, we are in the middle of this crazy crisis, and nobody knows anything. Nobody knows if they're going to have a job. Nobody knows if they're going to survive. Nobody knows if their grandmother is going to survive. But one thing that uh, brings us all together and brings us joy is usually sports. It is, of course, off the table for now, but there's been a lot of talk about will it be back in the fall? Because the fall is, you know, months and months away. I think a lot of people are really pinning their hopes on things getting better this summer. But even if they get better this summer, there's a lot of things that need to happen for college football players to get their practicing, get their reps, get their recruiting in. And also, I don't think they want to have a college football season if the students aren't back on campus in general. You know, So there's a lot of things up in the air as to whether there will even be football, but we have to operate under the assumption that it will. Yeah, there's, there was, I've seen some argument that if they can just get enough testing, at the very least, they could have football games. Because you could get all the players and the coaches in the in, together in the stadium, and basically, you know, they have a 15-minute test now. If if they can make tests so readily available that they could get these kids together in a stadium and play a football game, the problem and the pushback on that seems to be is one, we have to have those tests readily available, and two, uh, most administrations are saying until students are back, no sporting events will take place. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, I don't know what will happen between now and then. I, I, my hope is that there's just too much money at stake for them not to find some middle ground. Yeah. I also think there's a fatigue factor and we're seeing it now. You mentioned the, uh, the protests that are going on at state capitals of people wanting to get their economy started, whether the doctors say it's the good thing to do or not. I think there will be a growing number of people who are like, look, man, I gotta live my life here, you know, and, and we'll, be more inclined to take risks, even if they're not wise risks that shouldn't be taken. Oh, for Human, sure. I, humans I, are social I, I, creatures. You know, they want to see each other. They want to get out in the world. They want to go to bars, and they want to fuck strangers, and they want football. <laughs> well, and you know the uh, the people that are already protesting now. You know, like this is only a month, and we've got people protesting. This is one month, yeah, or maybe maybe six weeks, depending. These are people who have missed yeah. one haircut. <laughs> yeah. So we're already there to that point. So, and I know, and I've already talked to people that in my friend group who I believe to be sensible, cogent individuals who are like, man, it's got to stop at some point. Like, yeah. you know, that they're not, they, they are still calling the people that are protesting today foolish. But a month from now, I'm not sure where they'll be. And by the time football season rolls around, 
I don't know where I'm going to be. Me, be I like, was going to say the same thing, Colin. Coronavirus. I'm going to start licking doorknobs and going to football games, folks, because <laughs> I likes me some football. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to lick the doorknobs, but I mean, I, I guess it does. We're going to lick the doorknobs. <laughs> it punctuates things, for sure. It really gets the message across. I know. I, I'm the same same way. I, I don't know where I'll be at that point either, because, you know, at some point you do think like, yes, uh, you know, these health concerns are legitimate and they are real. But at the same time, you know, we have to keep. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast rolling you know what i mean at some some degree and so i don't i don't know it's a it's a scary situation i mean it is unlike well, anything I, we've ever seen or even our grandparents have ever seen i have uh i have pinned my hopes on testing because uh, the, the, the most realistic scenario so far seems to be like uh you know maybe sometime around december january we could have a vaccine so that's next winter um, so I'm hoping that the uh, the I guess testing is our our next best uh, hope for life taking on some normalcy. But let's get off of that. It's yeah, depressing. this is not let's a coronavirus podcast. It's a football podcast. Yeah. yeah, let's turn it back to football. I think what we do know about this Missouri football team is what we learned a month or two ago, uh, both from what Coach Drinkwitz has done during the recruiting period and just what we're learning about Coach Drink. Because uh, you know, I think the biggest thing to happen this year was that. We got some, we got a three star cornerback named Ennis Rakestraw, and he was heralded highly by Coach Drink. I mean, he went viral whenever he went crazy finding out that Ennis Rakestraw had signed with Mizzou. And I think, Colin, I, I don't know, do you, do you want to go into this or should I about how this came to be and why it was sort of a big deal? Well, I, I think that what people, I, you know, he initially took some crap because people were like, look at how excited the Mizzou coach is getting over a three-star recruit. But I think that lays out the point that this guy was recruited early on by Mizzou. And uh, late in the game, uh, schools like uh, Texas and uh, Alabama got involved. And so, yeah, he was only three stars. But by the time this kid chose to Mizzou, he was choosing Mizzou over Alabama and Texas. So that's a, that's a pretty big coup for a brand new coach, I would think. Yeah. And I think, you know, originally a lot of the people who saw the viral video of drink going ape shit, just being completely yoked that, uh, that this kid signed were like, why, why is Missouri so, st I mean, isn't this what Missouri is that they get three star recruits and they're over the moon about it. Like it's a sort of an assessment of the state of their program. But I think that didn't really play into the full picture. Whereas this was a kid who was just late on the recruiting drawing board. And there are a lot of players that people get missed. I think he was one of them because Missouri, like two years, Mizzou has been working on this. Odom deserves a little credit with this too, because he had been recruiting this rake start kid. Missouri was there out of the gate, but Texas and Alabama came through later. And a lot of people say, oh, Alabama is recruiting me or Alabama is giving me an offer. And that's not necessarily real. But I think 
Nick Saban doesn't go on visits to people's house who he's not serious about. And Nick Saban doesn't bring people to campus unless he's serious about them because they only get so many visits. They're not only allowed to bring so many people in. So they only do it if they are serious. And if the, and you know, all reports were that it was a very serious offer from Alabama. And so well, I think what Drink was celebrating was not so much the three-star signing, but he was signing a kid that looks like one of those guys who is more valuable than his stars would indicate. And he's celebrating in his first year being a no-name coach beating Saban at something. Yeah, because, I mean, like as you alluded to, there's there's a limited amount of home visits. And uh, this kid got one from Nick Saban. And a week later was on Alabama's campus taking the tour. I mean, this was not just a, you know, um, a tip of the cap to the kid from Alabama saying, hey, if, if, all, if, if we don't get all the guys we really want, there's a few spots available, we may have room for you. That's not what, that's not what this was. Mm-hmm. This was a, this was a, you're welcome to come play for the University of Alabama anytime you'd like. And I'm sure, uh, Texas felt the same way. Um, and, uh, you know, Coach Drink managed to, to do it, do the, uh, do the job. So I think, you mentioned giving Barry Otis some credit. I think they signed uh, one of his teammates the year before who was like a safety. And I, mm-hmm. I wonder if that kid was, you know, how talented that kid was or if that was just maybe laying some track <laughs> uh, to make sure we get this kid. But what, no, however, they pulled it off. Uh, they pulled it off. Yeah. Well, and I think that uh, Drink was in an unusual position in that he was hamstrung in a lot of different ways. He was a brand new coach coming in late into the system. So obviously that puts him at a disadvantage over coaches that are seasoned and have been there for years. He also was at a disadvantage in that we were still suffering from the, um, sanctions from the NCAA, which were obviously unfair and horrible and, uh, you know, a miscarriage of justice, but drink still had to deal with them. So he didn't have as many scholarships available. Also, yeah, like 17, I think total. Yeah. And 10, right? 10, yeah, that's right. And 10 of those were Barry Odom's guys that we had already, basically, we knew we were getting from Barry Odom. They had uh, drink, which his team had decided to maintain those relationships and, and continue to um, make those offers valid, but he only had essentially seven spots open at all. So anything he could do to help would be, um, should be celebrated, you know, and so, and yeah, it was. Sure. And the other thing too, is I think, you know, you're looking at what Drinkwitz is doing and the recruiting ranking is not good. You know, where we sit right now is not good, but a big part of that is the fact that we are, we can't have as a big recruiting class as other schools because of these sanctions. We are going to have a low recruiting class, low low ranked recruiting class because of this sanctions. It's just going to be just sheerly purely on numbers alone, you know, and he hasn't had a full, obviously, recruiting season. But what we do know about Drink is he's very excitable. He's very excited. He's very exciting. And he works social media in a way that we never saw from the Odom era. Between Conzo Martin and Kim Anderson and Barry Odom, Coach Drink seems like a bit of a breath of fresh air. Those other coaches seem to take pride in being sticks in the mud. And I think that may have been one of Drinkowitz's appeals to the individuals who hired him uh, was that he was sort of that uh, other end of the, the spectrum. He was the, the pendulum swinging the other way. It's like, well, we tried this very dour, unenthusiastic, true son. Well, let's try this young upstart who's got a lot of energy and is active on social media and is sort of a, a juxtaposition to what we've had. I think that uh, Barry Odom's model of how to behave with the media and publicly is you know, like I think it's informed by how Pinkle behaved. I also think that Nick Saban has sort of set the model. I mean, Bel- the Bill Belichick, Nick Saban model, and not that football coaches have ever been known as sort of the life of the party, 
But the most successful football coaches at the college and professional levels were the most dour pricks you ever want to meet, you know, and Nick Saban <laughs> sure. and Bill Belichick. And so I think young coaches see that and say, well, if I'm going to be successful and if I'm going to emulate the best, I'm going to be a constant frown and I'm never going to fucking tell a joke. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to be a stick in the mud. And what that's going to communicate to everybody is all I think about is eat, drink, sleep, football. Well, that's great. But at the end of the day, you coach 11 days, 12 days, 13 days a year, and you got to deal with boosters. You've got to deal with 18-year-old recruits. You've got to deal with fans. And people respond to human characteristics. And some of those characteristics are laughing and smiling and being excited <laughs> and being enjoyed. You know what I mean? Just being a football robot is not that enthusiastic. I wouldn't doubt that Coach Drink probably has a TikTok channel or whatever you want to call that account. And that if you ask Barry Odom what TikTok was, he'd go, it's what clock does. Yeah, it's my watch, my grandpa's watch. My my, grandpa's mine's watch. digital. Yeah. There's a need for these coaches to stay Relevant. up to date with what these kids are doing. They, they, need to, they need to stay plugged into, you know, they need to know what TikTok is. They need to know what Snapchat is. They need to be active on social media. They, there's a, a universe that they have to stay plugged into despite their age. That, you know, as we get older, we will grow out of it. There's no calling in my day-to-day -day life to know what my kids are up to, you know, other than being a good parent, which I'm admittedly not. No, well, we've but seen it time and time again. <laughs> your kids are on a path and it's dark. Yeah, so, but these coaches, I mean, Nick Saban has to be on Twitter. You know what I mean? I'm going to tell you a place Nick Saban don't want to be. <laughs> yeah, Nick Saban and Twitter seem like they're just in different universes, but he's forced yeah. to do Honestly, that's one of the things I always would have thought Nick Saban would have tried a second round in the NFL because you just don't have to deal with recruiting. And he just doesn't seem like a guy who wants to do that. I mean, those guys in a way they have I don't to think do he wants to deal with adults. Yeah. I don't think he wants to deal with men. I think he likes being able to sort of, I mean, kids are impressionable. And, uh, you know, when you tell a kid that to run through a brick wall and eat glass for you, he's liable to do it. But you know what? A, a 29-year-old a veteran offensive lineman is going to tell you to shut up your ass. Like, I'm not a child. You're not yeah. going to talk to me like a child. I know better. i got a contract. This is a business. But at the same time, I can't imagine that Nick Saban relishes the idea a big part of the year having to do a song and dance and impress 17-year-olds either. You know what I mean? Like, be at their whim, essentially. Well, I mean, I think everybody enjoys things they're good at. And that's one thing Nick Saban has proven is that he's pretty good at doing the tap dance for kids. I do wonder, too, with the Alabama reputation that he has built and leaned upon it from its past, he doesn't have to do it in the same way that other people do. You know what I mean? Kids come to him in a way that Drinkowitz has to go to the kids. Oh, sure. He's not having to give the hard sell the way Mizzou is. Mm -hmm. I, I have no doubt. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, one of the pickups we had that didn't get a lot of press, but is exciting to me, Colin, is a kid named Ben Key, who is a defensive tackle, but he's from Australia. And I don't think we get a lot of Australian recruits. We've got Australian listeners though. So, Hey, you know, there you go. Mm -hmm. That's right. He was so going to go to that Australian listener can really pull for. That's right. Yeah. Hello to our Australian listener out there that we know there's one he's in Melbourne. Anyway, 
we got a recruit named Ben Key. Look him up. Maybe you know him. I assume there's everybody knows everybody in Australia. Uh, he was sure, going go to go like six people there, right? <laughs> That's right. I think uh, he was going to go to Mississippi State before they ended up firing their coach. Ended up coming to us, but he's one of those guys. He's probably really green. He's a defensive tackle, but he grew up playing rugby, not football. So um, I don't think that hurts a college kid because I think they try to uh, train them in their own way anyway. They don't really care what their high school did or their junior high coach did. They're going to train them up in their own system. But uh, I'm just glad to have an Aussie, and I want to see boomerangs in Furrow Field. <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe he comes along a little slower because he doesn't have a sort of a foundation that was built in high school football. But I feel like uh, that doesn't mean he can't come along. You know, mm-hmm. not, if he's talented, um, if he's got the physical ability. I mean, take a guy like LeBron James. You think LeBron James? If LeBron James had never looked at a basketball till he's 16 years old, do you think he still wouldn't have been better than everybody else at it at his high school? Well, of I course saw, not. If you got the if you got the ability, a coach, a good coach, will bring it out. Yeah, and he's a defensive tackle. So I mean, if he can push guys over, which in rugby you do, um, there, <laughs> there are transferable skills. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely. And Lord knows we need help on the defensive line. We need help at corner. Uh, we need help at wide receiver. We've we've got a quarterback situation that's sort of up in the air for the first time. And and in my memory, basically. Uh, I haven't. I can't remember the last time I didn't know who the starter was going to go going to be. You know, going into the season. Yeah, surprisingly, Missouri has been really. We laid the foundations well for our lines of quarterbacks for the last several years. I mean, ten years or so. And Robinson kid, they've got. I mean, I guess he's supposed to be the guy to come and fill in, but we've never seen him play. And you know, Taylor Powell was. I mean, I'm sure he's a nice kid, but he was just not good when he was playing ball last year. And then we got Basilak, who did play really well, but was injured badly at the end of the year. And he's coming off an injury, so we don't know what he'll look like coming off of that injury. It is pretty wide open. and may, I don't know. Maybe that's a good thing. Well, I, I just know that um, we need time to develop players. And we need. And my biggest concern with this whole pandemic thing is how much practice are we going to get? Let's live in a world where they're going to have a season. Does it start late? Do they have less practice? They have less development time. I mean, you know, again, it's probably predicated on having a, a much more accessibility to tests than we currently have. Uh, when does that come along? I, I, there's just a lot of unanswered questions, and especially with this team, when you've got rugby players and and an unknown commodity at quarterback, you really loved the idea of them getting every rep they possibly can. Yeah, and I will say that if we play football and if Mizzou is to have any success this year, and I don't think there's any guarantee that they will uh, under a first-year coach with uh, recruiting restrictions due to NCAA violations, they're going to have to do it at the defensive end. I think we are – I just worry about our offense sputtering along with this, all these new movable parts. But the defense, I mean, I think we've got on our defensive line eight of the of our roster defensive linemen are seniors this year. So we do have depth and we do have um, experience, at least on the line in the defensive front. And then, of course, we're adding a lot of talent with Rakes throughout the cornerback position. So, I mean, I think defensively things can come together faster than maybe they will on offense. I, I think if um, all things being equal – any team has a better chance at being good at defense. <laughs> you know, it's just the, the skill set, man, you know, can you run at a guy and slam into him as hard as you can? That's an easier job necessarily than playing a skill position on offense. So I, I think it's easier for any team to be better at defense and certainly given, uh, you know, the, the depth and uh, some, obviously some veteran leadership we'll have on that side of the ball. It's, it's my expectation that that's where we're going to lean, but you know what? 
how many seasons have we started, Brandon, where we thought, boy, we know what the offense is going to be, but what's the defense going to be? And then it was the exact opposite or vice versa. Well, we know yeah. what the offense is going to be, but this defense. And then, you know, we get to the end of the season and we just like, I can't believe what's happened. This is complete opposite of what we would have thought. Yeah. Well, you're so, absolutely maybe, right. Maybe the defense will be good, but the offense will light the world on fire. Yeah, well, there's one man that's going to know better than either of us, and he's going to come on after the break, Colin. It is our new head coach, Coach Drink. All right. So stay tuned. This is the Mazzotcast. The perfect hire can have an impact on your business for years to come, just like testicular cancer. So when you need to find the next person to help grow your business, LinkedIn Jobs will match the right talent with your open role, and they'll do it fast. LinkedIn has access to over 675 million members worldwide. LinkedIn Jobs screens candidates with the hard and soft skills you're looking for, so you can hire the right person fast. Things like collaboration, creativity, soft hands, adaptability. LinkedIn looks beyond the skills that puts your job post in front of qualified candidates who match your business requirements perfectly. Like my favorite Asian massage parlor the other day found the perfect girl. Wonderful hands, soft as velvet. That's how LinkedIn makes sure your job post is seen by the people you want to hire. People with skills, soft hands, and interests that will help you grow your business. It's no wonder a person is hired every eight seconds with LinkedIn. It sounds like my visit to the massage parlor. And that's why companies rated LinkedIn Jobs the number one hiring platform for delivering quality hires. Find the right person for your business today with LinkedIn Jobs. You can pay what you want and get the first $50 off. I wish the massage parlor would give me that kind of deal. Just visit linkedin.com slash team. Again, that's linkedin.com slash team to get $50 off your first job post. Thank you to Isaac Finley. He sent us this one. It's called You Got a Thing from his band, The Sycamore. Thanks for sending in your music. You can do the same thing. Send it to mazodcast at gmail.com. We'll put it on the air for you. And as promised, we have a big guest, the first time ever, our new head coach, Coach Drink. Thanks for joining us. Hey, guys. I'm super amped to be here. Oh, wow. <laughs> you do sound amped. And that's one thing we know about you, Coach. You uh, you make a viral video from being so excited about our new cornerback uh, in Ennis Rakestraw. Oh, boys, I'm not kidding. You're totally right. I'm harder than a Taiwanese crossword puzzle about this Rakestraw fella. Tell us what... You've got a lion's heart. <laughs> what is it about Rakestraw that got you so excited, Coach? He's got a lion's heart. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, that's great that he's got a lion's heart, but uh, what about his legs? His legs are amazing, too. I massaged each one of them. I'm going to tell you something about Coach Drink's way of recruiting, and that is deep tissue massages. Is that right? So you really know what you're getting. It's like a beef market. <laughs> well, that is a change of pace. That's not what we're used to, but whatever works, you know. Coach, you know, you came here to Missouri. You knew we had some NCAA sanctions we had to get through before we could start. And uh, you managed to get through a recruiting class. Was it difficult knowing that you were sort of hamstrung uh, by these different challenges? Not at all. I was super excited about it. It was amazing. <laughs> it was? I couldn't have wanted it any other way. <laughs> I think you would have wanted it a different way. I really would have. Well, that's a loser talk. Oh. And I, don't mean to, I don't mean to be uh, insulting to you boys, but exactly the way I wanted it to happen. It all came together. Yeah. Well, you, you got 17 recruits. Um, Ten of them were there through Barry Odom that you retained. And then you got these seven guys. 
What was it you saw in these 17 players that got you thinking that we were on the right track? They've got lion's hearts. <laughs> okay, so they all have lion hearts. They do. <laughs> They're ready to play football for Coach Drink. Yeah. Well, I'm, I, I'm kind of feeling like having a lion heart is just your default answer for all of them. Is, is there any more specifics you can give us? I mean, do they have... They're excited uh, about playing football at the University of Missouri, and who wouldn't be? I'm amped about it. Yeah. I mean, I'm joking. <laughs> We're like, this program, I told every single one of these boys when I sat down on their couch, that this program is like Monster Energy Drink on cocaine for three days. That's what these guys bring to the table. <laughs> Were you surprised to see that your video went viral and it was talked about on the Paul Feinbaum show after you got so excited about Rickstra? I was so jonesed. I was amped. I was so happy to see it because now people are going to see the kind of energy that we bring to the table. Coach, you... you are getting a reputation early for being excited and excitable. Um, I think you were at the basketball game a couple months ago, and you got the whole place jumping and rocking. Oh, we're amped. <laughs> is that sort of your personality in general, or is it just come on since you've come here at Mizzou? Or Absolutely. Just... <laughs> hey, I'm going to bring energy. I'm going to bring enthusiasm. But, hey, i got a bone to pick with you guys. What's that? I've been listening to a lot of, a lot of Mizzou media. Okay. You guys have a lot to say about my hair. Your hair, or well, I think what we described it as somewhat of a comb over situation. Let me tell you something, guys. My wife is amped about my hair, and that's the only thing I care about. Okay. She said it reminds her of of a wad of corn silk hot glued to a Mr. Potato. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's very descriptive. Your no, wife she, can paint a picture she, with she words. Told me on my very first date, she goes, "I've always been looking for a tan Beetlejuice with terrible glasses." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, until you mentioned that, I wouldn't even have known what a tan Beetlejuice looked like, but you kind of nailed it. You're kind of it. I'm going to tell you this. Nobody's happy about quarantine because my wife loves seeing me walk around our house in a silk kimono that is open. <laughs> sure. Well, that sounds like stuff that you should keep in the house, Coach. But uh, I was just wondering, you know, we've got to get through these sanctions this first season. I'm amped about them. But we, I know you are amped. But what one thing we don't know about is our quarterback situation. Are you a little concerned about not having a starting quarterback ready to go for 2020 fall season? The only thing I'm concerned about is which one of these quarterbacks is going to win the Heisman Trophy this year. Because those are my expectations. Mm -hmm. They both win it. You think two? They're going to give two Heismans to two different Mizzou quarterbacks? Listen, if anybody can get it done, it's Coach Drink. <laughs> Yeah, well, it would be unlikely. I, I, I will say that right out of the gate. And uh, You're a naysayer. I don't love it. You're a naysayer. Well, I just don't know the last time they've given out two Heisman trophies in a season, they if say ever. That about, that's, the first, that's what they say about everything to the first time. Yeah, but then to do it for the same team in the same position, that's a lot of – it's a long – Hall to get there is all I'm saying. There's a reason you're not on scholarship at Mizzou. It takes enthusiasm. It takes energy. It takes belief. Does it also take, I'm going to just take a wild stab at it here, a lion's heart? It takes a lion's heart. <laughs> you know, it's a lot of lion talk. We're the tigers, you know. It takes a tiger's heart. I'll change it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Have you watched Tiger King, by the way, Coach Drink? No, I've got no time for it. Yo, you, you have not seen it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Listen, guys, my time is spent thinking about the Missouri Tigers. I also enjoy seeing dance videos on TikTok to 17-year-olds. Yeah, that's that's apparently part of your job now. Well, I almost got kicked off because I did it with my kimono open. <laughs> yeah, that, that won't, you won't last long on the... My silk kimono. <laughs> it's got to be silk. Yeah, silk like your, your corn silk hair. That's right. I bet it is a sight to see. Coach Drink, corn silk hair, flowing in the wind in an open kimono. Oh, baby. 
Oh, baby, you forgot the terrible glasses. But they're here. <laughs> why do you? Why does it? Why do they have to be terrible glasses? Why can't you get good glasses? I don't want to be stylish. <laughs> okay, mission accomplished. <laughs> you're I can't all can't about football to be worried about my glasses. You're all about substance, not style. I understand that. That's right. That's right. All right. Hey, listen. I've enjoyed the time. I, I look forward to talking to you in the future. But I gotta go right now. Okay. You, had, you got something big cooking? I gotta go, guys. I'm meeting Monty Harge, and we're gonna have a three-way with Anthony Peeler's retired jersey. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm amped about it. I would bet you're amped about it. You're, you seem to be amped about everything. We're excited about that too, Coach. You're getting us. It's infectious. Your excitement is infectious, much that's, like the coronavirus. That's the plan. It's enthusiasm. Let's let's bring it all around. All right, I gotta go. All right. Talk to you later. I hope. Hey, Muzzy. Z O U. Well, there you have it. That was it. Was hard to even ask questions. Colin came so excited. Uh, yeah, not what I expected. No, it I wasn't. Mean, and it, well, kind of. Yeah, it, it <laughs> we knew it was excitable. Yeah, it is a challenge. You know, like Barry Odom. Sometimes I would ask a question. There'd be a five, six, twenty-five second pause before he'd even answer. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah. drink. You can't even spit it out, and he's he's barking, excited, jumping. Yeah, yeah, he's a. Uh, He's got, he's, he's got, certainly got some enthusiasm. Yeah, he, he does. It was good to talk to him. But, uh, you know, one thing I wanted to say, Colin, before we ended our show today was that uh, I was thinking about Mizzou and the position they're in and the disadvantages they have with our uh, recruiting violations and just not, like you said, not having a starting quarterback named and having a brand new coach and having a lot of kinks to work out. Maybe as strange as this football season is going to be, as unorthodox as it will be if it's played at all, Maybe it serves as an advantage to Mizzou because everybody's going to be in a sort of state of disarray this season. And, you know, maybe that will level the playing field. And by the time the next season comes around, Drink will be under his, you know, he, he'll have his staff ready. He'll know the lay of the land a little bit more. And maybe he'll have more of a established team ready. And so and I'm not saying that I think 2020 will be sort of a mulligan year, but I just think maybe other teams are going to have a lot on their plates that they didn't expect this year, where Missouri already did. You know? Well, I, I suppose I, I think I think what you can really hope for if you're Coach Drink from this these these strange circumstances is that you will get a mulligan year. You know, even there's always a honeymoon period for a new coach, and mm-hmm. maybe even more so for Coach Drink, given the circumstances that everybody's just going to kind of write this year off for Coach Drink and everybody else to a certain extent. So. I wonder if it, uh, you know, I don't know about it leveling the playing field across the board, but I think I could see a scenario where Coach Drink's honeymoon period lasts into a second season because everybody's going to give him the benefit of the doubt because his first season was pandemic palooza. Mm. <laughs> yes, it certainly was. I think you're right. Uh, you know, I also was thinking about the fact that each guy brings their own sort of system when it comes to recruiting and Barry Odom had his sort of show me hashtag where he was trying to get Mizzou recruits. Everybody always talks about trying to get Mizzou recruits, but uh, coach drink with his social media presence, he really is pushing that hard. He's got a map of all the counties showing everywhere he's been. There was one stretch where he was like, I don't know, in eight different States in two days. And he's really, you know, both inside the state and outside the state, he's been showing on social media He's pushing the recruiting tail. And one area where we haven't really seen a lot of recruiting in hard, heavy hitting recruiting since Coach Pinkle is Texas. And it seems like Drink, being an Arkansas guy, is interested in rekindling some relationships down Texas way, which I think is wise because that's where the players are. Well, and he, he, even, he even said as much. He referenced Coach Pinkle at one point, you know, hitting Texas hard. And that was something he intended to do. I know he's also 
as, as every coach who's going to coach at Mizzou is going to try to do, he, he's trying to make those inroads in Kansas City and St. Louis. So, I mean, to me, if you're a coach at Mizzou, that's, you know, Kansas City, St. Louis, Texas. You know what I mean? I, obviously, you're not, those aren't your only three, but I mean. You got to, you got to win there before you can win anywhere else. Yeah. And, I, and you know, and that's one thing that was a, a ding on Odom's resume is he didn't win in the state. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's a reflection of coach Odom or, or you know, Mizzou's had a, had a bad, had a hard time in the state in general. So I don't want to, I just want to dump that at, at the feet of Barry Odom exclusively, but it is certainly something that coach drink is putting an emphasis on. He's got uh, a couple of coaches each stationed in Kansas city and St. Louis Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's working those areas. Um, but yeah, I mean, for all the, for all the talk of Missouri players, you got to go to Texas. You got to go outside the, the borders, you know, in the, in our best recruiting year, we had the Missouri 10. And I think at the time in our podcast, we talked about would these 10 players even be, I mean, they, I mean they'd all be still be football players, but they certainly wouldn't be the, would they be the top 10 players in Texas? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Um, so being the top, say you're the number five player in all of, Missouri that may make you the top 25th player in Texas you know what I'm saying so there is a there's not an apples to apples comparison always with these players either and so even though Barry Odom or coach drink may swing and miss in Missouri if they if they if they hit a home run in Texas who gives a fuck yeah well it does remind me Barry Odom's early days you talk about that Missouri 10 and maybe a harbinger of things to come down the road that Missouri 10 you know, they, they really made that public and made a big deal about this Missouri 10 early in Barry Odom's tenure. And I think we ended up getting one of those kids, you know, so it was a big public failing, almost a harbinger of things to come with the Odom administration, which is that, you know, they, they were really, we were supposed to be, you know, oh, we're going to secure the borders. And then they just did not do it. And because they'd done it so publicly, it was sort of a public failure, which is the first thing we knew about yeah. Odom, which is like before we, we played a game. We literally said that on the pod. We talked about like, why would he do this? Yeah. You know I mean, it's, it's, you're setting yourself up for, like, I understand like maybe treating these, the, the guys as a, 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 like a bunch of guys we really want and, and rolling the red carpet for them. But you know, marketing it as something that you were really trying to do and call it the Missouri 10 and like, and then only getting one. I mean, what a, what a, what a, talk about getting egg on your face. I mean, it was just a bad idea. For, I was, it was a bad idea. And, yeah. um, as you say, when they failed, it, it looked awful mm-hmm. and uh, they didn't do that again. And, yeah. Uh, I think, I hope everyone learned a lesson uh, not to count their chickens before they're hatched. I do not build a marketing campaign around something that hasn't come to fruition yet. Yeah. Well, Drink has not coached a single game at Mizzou yet, but I will say I get the impression that from a communications and a branding and a public image standpoint, he's light years ahead of Barry Odom. And maybe it's just personality or maybe it's sort of savvy with the Internet and how things work today. But he's certainly working that game in a more successful way. I think he's younger and he's come up through the He's not a ton younger, really. Just a couple of years. I, I mean, he is a little younger, but I think he's just come up through the system in a different way. Yeah. Yeah, in a different system. I mean, he's, he's been around people who are more more PR savvy, more media savvy than probably Barry Odom. I mean, Barry Odom has Larry Smith, and then what was that guy from Memphis, Gary Pinkle, who was not media savvy and was not social media savvy. He had Larry Smith, who he played for, who obviously most of the stuff didn't exist then. And then was Fuentes, Fuentes, yeah, not exactly, um, you know, throwing up the uh, the hot memes and TikTok videos for his players. Either. <laughs> yeah. So well, um, he he did. I think uh, Drinkowitz's background is in recruiting, and uh, he's he's become versed in that stuff as a result. Well, I think it's also worth noting, too, that you know, being the true son hire that Barry Odom was, he had some built-in love 
without doing anything, without having earned it, you know, because he had been a linebacker here. He had worn the black and gold. He was a Mizzou guy. And so people were inclined to want him to be successful, even if he wasn't doing it. And, you know, you and I have a friend who, you know, thought Kim Anderson was the greatest, even as the plane was going down. You know what I mean? And, And the same thing for Barry Odom, where... Drinkwitz is an unknown commodity. He hasn't, he doesn't get bonus points for being here already. You know what I mean? He has to show himself to everybody because nobody has an opinion about him. So he does really have to sort of dance in a way that Barry Odom didn't because yeah. we know who Barry Odom is. You know, we knew who he was. And we knew who Kim Anderson was. Yeah. You know I mean? yeah. And unfortunately, who Kim, who, who Conzo Martin appears to be. And uh, there's, what I would call the drumbeat of losers um, <laughs> is that is that you know after these people have revealed themselves as to what they are is this drumbeat of losers that give them more time. We're not being fair. You can never give those guys enough time. The drumbeat of yeah. losers always need one more season to really show. It's not fair to give a guy twenty five years. You got to give a guy twenty seven years before you really know if he can win. Yeah, it's it, it gets very old mm-hmm. uh, very quickly. And, well, the bear. Um, the uh, drumbeat of losers for Conzo has gone down a lot. I've noticed that people, you know, as the re- basketball recruiting season has gone on and as we are getting through another year of Conzo not getting any home run recruits, people are like, well, he's not much of a court coach and he's not much of a recruiting coach. What kind of coach is he? You know, and, and there's a, there's not near the support, I think, that Kim Anderson even had when he was losing games. And Conzo Martin has had more success than Kim Anderson, but people aren't staying on his ship very long, I don't think. Yeah, I think um, I've sort of changed my tune on this. So for the longest time, I was, I mean, I knew Mizzou was cheap. And as a result, we were never going to get a big name coach. But I've almost like moved away from that in the standpoint, of, like, not that I want Mizzou to be cheap, because they spent money on Drinkwitz and they gave him a lot of money to uh, to add staff, which shows, an, uh, which shows a commitment and an investment in the program. But I think we need to find an upstart, young up-and-comer at Mizzou, because the sort of middling, like, hey, he's done it before, choices of like a Conzo Martin, it's not working out. And um, it's sort of like, you know, and Mike Anderson was the same kind of coach in that he was like, people knew who he was. He wasn't a big deal, but he wasn't a nobody. And he, he played his 40 minutes of hell and it was a gimmick and it, it uh, runs its course as all gimmicks do. And it's just time to find the next Shaka Smart or, mm-hmm. um, you know, somebody like that who you know is going to three or four years down the road, he's going to probably jettison you. If you he, if he makes you good, but God, wouldn't it be nice to be good for three years? Yeah, you know what I mean. I I would love to be have a have an up and coming coach who's going to leave us for Kentucky, <laughs> make mm-hmm. us really good for three years, then just spend the next two decades like we have the last two decades being fucking miserable with middle of the road coaches you've heard of before. Yeah, division one coach before, but you know, and don't make that person uh, Kim Anderson because he's not an up and comer. Yeah, um, and so I think that's kind of what Drake is. Drake is a young, enthusiastic guy who's we hope has the chops. And he's going to get a chance to prove it at Mizzou, and hopefully he does prove it at Mizzou. And hopefully he's so good that some blue chip Power Five program pays him a lot of money and steals him away. Because won't it be fun to watch those football games while he's getting that contract? And it's the same with basketball. Wouldn't it be fun to watch somebody just just dominate in basketball for a few years and get stolen away? It'd be heartbreaking, but man, wouldn't it be worth those three or four years of winning basketball games? God. I'm getting too messing thinking about it. Uh, I'd sell my soul for some good sports at this point. So, yeah, it'd be worth it. Um, but I'll tell you what, Colin, this has been a surprisingly sports-heavy podcast for a, uh, a yeah, pandemic Wait, episode. One last question for you before we move off that. Yeah. Before we move off that, I got one last question for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you rather, be, would you rather watch no basketball like 
we are forced to do during this pandemic or hmm. Kim Anderson basketball. Oh, no basketball has been far that. better for my heart rate <laughs> and my mental health. That is the right answer. Yeah. Although I will say during the Kim That's Anderson, the right answer. I, I'm not watching an appreciably more, or I'm not watching that much less basketball now than when Kim Anderson was coaching Mizzou. <laughs> I will say that like there, there was Kim Anderson made you not want to watch at all, but yeah, every time well, I did this watch scenario, him, I was, I'm just asking, in this scenario, I'm just saying you're forced to watch basketball or no basketball, but the only basketball you can watch is Kim Anderson mm-hmm. basketball. Yeah. No, I, I, I think if, it, basketball? if somebody said you can watch Mizzou can play basketball again, Kim Anderson's the coach, or we're going to go through a pandemic, uh, a global <laughs> pandemic where nothing can survive or uh, no sports will be played. I, I mean, I think it's a pretty easy choice. You go with pandemic, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that, no, I mean, I don't, I really don't even have to devote much time to thinking about that. It's, it just, it, no. honestly, all the questions that are sort of swirling around the world we live in right now, uh, the thought of more Kim Anderson basketball just sent a chill down my spine. But then I'm going to tell you what, um, you're basically saying that you're, uh, it's worth 40,000 American lives for you not to watch Kim Anderson basketball. And I completely agree with the decision. <laughs> sure. Well, and we're just talking sense now. By the way, um, I know you're getting you're getting the same business emails and watching the same advertisements I am. Do you prefer in these uncertain times, or do you prefer in these challenging times? Whenever you're going to like preface an email to try to sell you Domino's mm, Pizza, I would say these these unprecedented times. I haven't seen a lot of these unprecedented times, but but they always are like in these uncertain, unprecedented times. You still need brake pads. I do like uncertain better. Okay. And you do need brake pads. Yeah. That's not, I'm not <laughs> but, but they pivot really hard. You know what I mean? It's always like yeah. in these challenging times, we're getting cheese in our crust at Domino's Pizza. Mm-hmm. Sure. People are going to refer to this as something. You know what I mean? Like 9-11 is 9-11 now. You know what I mean? Like when it yeah. first happened, people weren't like, hey, you know, oh, I can't believe we we went through 9-11. They'll be, they were just like, oh, the you know, the terrorist attacks. The disaster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But this is going to be something. And I don't know what it's going to be. Like um, the lost spring, the coronavirus 2020. I mean, it's, it's usually something that rolls off the tongue. But we don't know in the moment what it's going to be called. Kim Anderson basketball pandemic Mm -hmm. because they're both equally awful yeah and hard on your health (laughs) yeah keep in mind kim anderson came out of a coffin to coach basketball in his final season let that sink in yeah yeah so yeah well you know a little on the nose yeah it was it was all right well i mean why don't we put this one away because we've been talking about doing the mazoskers that's something we've been putting off but uh, we're going to do a quarantine version of the mazoskers coming up in a few days you think yeah, that sounds like a good a good plan. Maybe we'll get uh, Caleb uh, back from the protest. Put down, his, put down his Jesus is my vaccine sign and uh, get in here for a podcast. Yeah, I certainly don't want to be in the same room with him after what he's been up to. <laughs> yeah, well, if you've never known Caleb, he doesn't shake hands. He kisses people directly on the mouth, even the first <laughs> time he meets them. So, yeah, we don't want him in the room with us. That's right. Oh, Colin, there was one thing I wanted to say before we signed off. Uh, want to shout out to Sean Scott, who's our newest Patreon listener. He uh, made his pledge just at the end of last month. So welcome aboard to Sean Scott and anybody else who wants to join our Patreon network. We'll uh, try to bring you stuff that uh, we don't say on the air here or uh, things that we want to talk about that maybe aren't directly related to the podcast. We'll throw it on Patreon and you might like it. Yeah, imagine how awful the things we say on Patreon are if we're afraid to say them here. Yeah, just think about that. That's unsettling. 
So join Patreon. We want to make that a real community. It's only $3 a month to get started with us. Um, you know, that's a very small amount. That's one beer at the bar that you can't drink anyway. So throw it our way. And uh, we want to make it fun. We want you to interact with us. We'll try to get back and answer questions that you have as well, soon as we can. But I think it's worth mentioning the podcast will always be free. Well, Democratic Socialists. <laughs> yeah. We're always going to have a free podcast. Yeah. And I don't think we need to apologize for, for having Patreon. a Patreon account, you know. Yeah, that's right. It's a little something extra. So we will always I'm have... I'm not going to apologize for it. <laughs> Good. I don't think we should. <laughs> if they're looking for apologies, Brennan, they're going to get a... Yeah, if they're looking for apology. they're going to get a fuck you. All right. I think that'll do it for a, a rare pandemic podcast. But don't forget to follow us on Twitter. We're always active there, at Mazodcast. You can follow us on Facebook, too. And, uh, of course, once again, join our Patreon account. Anything else, Colin? No, M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Wash your hands, motherfuckers. <laughs>